1: Sponsored by Brian's Heating and Cooling. Brian's Heating and Cooling, where they take your comfort personally. Give them a call for all your commercial and residential comfort needs. 803 796 1788 or Brian's Heating and Cooling.com. Anton Juice breaks away at the 30, 20, going for the pylon at the five, guys for it. On Texas, Carolina. Football Friday on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia. 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in
2: Florence. Welcome in. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Tyler West and Chris, along with you on a football Friday, the final football Friday of the month, September. We're almost halfway through... The regular season, guys. Believe it or not, South Carolina getting set to go into its bye week after taking on Tennessee this upcoming weekend, and then play Florida. Boom, you're halfway done with the year.
0: Hard to believe. Don't do that, Tyler. I'm gonna Tyler. be. On, I'm gonna be on the opposite side of uh, of what Colin doesn't like. You <laughs> counting down to the beginning of the season. You don't like me
2: counting down in the season.
0: I don't like you counting down to the end of the season. Let's enjoy this while we got it. Although I did see on. The Twitter slash X slash whatever it is that's apparently is it gonna like
2: go away tomorrow or something? I saw something about that today. I see it like every couple weeks. Like tomorrow's the last day. I'm like, is it? No, it's not. Come on, I've almost gotten to a thousand followers. Can we hang
0: on for a little bit longer? Everybody, go follow Tyler at uh, Tylerhead18. That is correct. Boom! Look at that. It's a Friday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But this is like that stretch where we have football every single day except for tuesday i think that's tuesday maction starts next week
2: (laughs) get tuesday's the only day we don't have games so it's i saw the thing it's like for like out of the next 60 days we have football for like 55 ish of them 54 something like that because then you do start getting some wednesday games in early or tuesday games in early october like Sunbelt, fun belt, those kind of things.
0: So we're almost there. It, I thought it, I thought there was only one day we don't have football.
2: Maybe it is only one
3: day. It was arguable that we got football last night. Kind of a eh, slate of games last night. Hey, Jacksonville yeah. State and Sam yeah, Houston I, State I say,
2: played a bit of a barn burner.
3: They did. Uh, I turned that one on in Jacksonville State. Future Gamecock opponent this season. They Off were down.
2: Pretty good start this they year.
3: They are. They are uh, 4-1, and 2-0 and in Conference USA. They were down, I think, 21-7 to to a defeated that's the opposite of undefeated sam houston state squad uh, but then they came back 135 27 scored 21 in, in an overtime game yeah so that one was decent but the other ones eh not too great
2: and, and west by the way you're right so this upcoming tuesday is the last day without football for like the next month to two-ish months because the following week october the 17th you start tuesday night games. Mhm. So yes, we'll have
0: football wall to wall every single day for like a month and a half. It's awesome. Some some of those games will be better than others, but what what do y'all think of the slate on Saturday?
3: I w- I was just going to ask that. Well, I actually I would start with tonight. Pretty good one tonight.
0: Yeah, Utah Utah. And, uh, Oregon State. At
3: Oregon State in Corvallis, DJ Uiagalelei, quarterback Ooh. for the Beavers. Who did drop a game last week? To I believe Washington State actually got that one. I beat Wes on that pick. Probably still beating me overall pretty badly. Yeah. yeah what the, do you mean? What do you mean? The,
0: probably uh,
2: the Pack Two Bowl, <laughs> the the two pack, Tupac Tupac Bowl, that uh, the nobody uh, wants us Bowl, according to Lee Corso. DJ, by the way, having a pretty good year:
3: eight hundred twenty-eight yards, seven touchdowns, three picks. Having a nice year.
2: Maybe he wasn't the problem in Clemson.
3: You think? I think there's some other issues aside from him, but Utah number ten. 4-0, and Kyle Winningham, who's, like, quietly one of the best coaches in college football over the last,
0: for what, 20 years? One
3: of the longest tenured coaches out there. I mean, <laughs> he's, like, it. quietly
0: the best coach in the world. Yeah,
3: I mean, he's really, really good. Like, they are just, they have a, every now and then they'll turn in a five-win season or something sure. like that. But typically, they're either really, really solid or sometimes really, really good. And this could be one of those years. Oregon State Jonathan Smith's done a really good job out there, their head coach. So that one starts at 9 p.m. Yeah. Um, Check it it out. I think it's going to be a pretty good game.
2: Now Utah still without Cam rising. Nate Johnson's played okay, but that defense is so good. Yeah. That's really what won them the game last week against UCLA.
3: Yeah. Um, That was an impressive win. And Washington State's having a good year. Beat Oregon State last year. But, yeah, that's a good one. Um here, Let me give you one that I've got my eye on, Wes, since you asked about the weekend slate. I actually have an upset pick in for the SEC, although let me see if this is actually an upset. Nope, that's not an upset. I do have Kentucky over Florida. Kentucky, it appears, is favored by one, even though the Gators are ranked 22nd. Kentucky, I guess outside the top 25, although they're undefeated, 1-0 in the SEC, Um
2: Kentucky's such a weird team because, like, what do we really know about them right now? Tyler, you could insert what do we really
3: know about X team. That's true. There's a bunch of them.
2: That is true, but Kentucky especially. I mean, Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, Vanderbilt. Struggle with Eastern Kentucky. I mean, they pulled away from Vanderbilt yes, or, or last week, and Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. But, like, <laughs> definitively, <sighs> if they won against Florida, I would not be surprised. But if they also got blown out I also wouldn't be surprised like it's just I I don't know really how to gauge them yet well
3: I feel the same about Florida you know I mean I I don't Florida beat Tennessee sure Um, is Tennessee that good I don't know we'll we'll find out a little bit more this weekend like we're we're getting more and more data on all these teams but I I think it goes back to what we talk to all the time and that is there is kind of this glut of SEC teams that are all pretty close to each other Um, and you've got Georgia at the top you know, you can argue, okay, who's two two through five maybe. You might have a two through four. Maybe you don't even go that far. And there's a bunch of teams that are pretty close So it's kind of going to be a, a week-to-week thing to determine. But this is certainly an important game, you know, in the SEC East. Um, I like Kentucky still in it because I'm still I'm, – I'm not saying I'm sold on Kentucky. I'm still a little less sold on Florida, I think.
2: Florida, I think, has proven that their defense is really stout. It certainly shut down Tennessee's run game a couple of weeks ago. That defense is about the only thing to write home about, and their pretty, I'd say, weak win over Charlotte Charlotte last week because that offense, outside of the run game, which was great against Tennessee, like, Graham Mertz isn't special. And they haven't asked him to do a whole lot, but, like, if it comes down to where the game has to be in his hands, I don't think he can do it.
0: Yeah, he's not special, but I think to give credit where it's due they've mm-hmm. done a pretty good job yep. of putting him in good spots and yep. putting him in a spot to succeed at least schematically now florida's dealing with really the same issues it seems like a lot of people are dealing with and that's just can you protect him like can you give him time to operate in the pocket and you know he was a guy that came in you're kind of just like eh. like yeah he's a transfer quarterback but he's not an elite guy but I think I was surprised, actually, at what he was able to do just from a mobility standpoint against Tennessee. Like, added a little bit more of that dynamic than I thought that he had. Had some physicality to him as well. Uh, you know, I think there was a rundown at the goal line where he, he showed that off. And then, you know, just kind of let his personality come out a, a little bit uh, against Tennessee, which was, was good to see. So they they that may be a fit for them, I think that gives them a little bit more of an upside than we maybe were giving them credit for coming in but still we we obviously look at all these things from a South Carolina perspective and i do think that game is a little bit more difficult than we probably thought it was entering the season whereas Tennessee's maybe a little bit more not as difficult than we thought entering the season but but still both very much toss-up games and i i would i would be very curious to see and, obviously, we'll see what happens for both teams this weekend. I'll be very curious to see what the line will be for South Carolina in Florida. Um, obviously, that will be in two weeks close to buy
3: Any other games that have y'all's eye? Any other upset picks? Uh, Kansas, see. Texas. No. Uh, no. I've got the Longhorns in that one. So I, favorite best 16
2: and a half. I did pick Duke over Notre Dame. Oh. I like See, that, that that's
0: going to be a good game, though, man. Yeah. Like, Duke, I feel like Duke is – is for real. And Notre Dame's coming off of a obviously a, a heartbreaker and you know I, I think that's at Duke, right? Yeah, yeah that Duke. First
2: time they've ever had game day. Oh, that is cool. It's going to be a going to be an interesting <laughs> Duke
3: environment. Duke has warped everybody. They beat Clemson by three touchdowns. They have not played any other good football team They've played Lafayette, Northwestern, and UConn. But they have handily beat all of They've
2: them. They've whooped them. They've whooped them. even them the way you're supposed to beat them.
3: That's right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, man, if they can beat Notre Dame.
2: What if Duke is, like, legit? Or if they're the out-of-nowhere team this year? Did, didn't you that say they are? That would be so
0: fun. That would be so fun. Didn't you say they were? No, I mean, like, college football, like, playoff legit. Oh. What if they're, like,
3: I don't know if I can go there.
0: But all year last year, everybody was like, eh, TCU, you know, we'll see. What, and then they just kept winning.
3: Love, love the quarterback. Uh, like their defense. And they are a very, very experienced team. Shane Beamer's been talking about that a lot lately. You know, he went up there and talk, said that about Mississippi State, said that about Furman, you know, Georgia's Georgia. North Carolina, he said it this week about Tennessee. He said, hey, I feel like I get up here every week and talk about how it's a team full of juniors and seniors. And I do think that counts for something. You know, a team like Duke, they've done a good job evaluating. Mike Elko's getting a big job soon. Job, of, uh, Big job A that opens is going to have him in the mix. I think we've seen him on the list for Michigan State. So we'll see what else opens. But well, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be on those
2: lists. Duke can be good enough. Maybe he just stays there.
3: He could. Gets paid well, the expectation. I mean, I
2: mean, God, how long was Cutcliffe there? He
3: was there a while, and he didn't have to do anything special for a good while. Right. You know, eventually, you know, something may change, but Duke's not going to have unrealistic expectations. And this this year that he's had already is going to buy him, I think, a lot of cachet.
0: Duke is a fit job. Like, you got you to gotta find the right yeah. fit on both sides, I think, for that. But, you know, you do also have to – you have to be a – A really good coach in terms of like fundamentals developing players sure you know creating the type of environment that that you need to get you're not going to ever get like the superstars at duke but um you can get under the radar under the radar guys at duke if you can develop them and and keep them in your program i I think so it, it has to be a fit this is obviously so far a really good fit for them. And hey, look, Duke fans will actually support football. Sure. When you're when it's exciting, when you're winning. I don't even know if it's when you're winning. I think it's when you're competing, <laughs> when you're decent. Yeah, they will support. It. I know it's a basketball school, but they will support. It. I mean, that was a great environment against Clemson. Yeah. And Duke's defense was just rallying to the football played with confidence. They did not look like they were deer in the headlights at all play in Clemson. And I, I would expect the same this week. Is that a night game?
2: It is. It's the ABC 730 game. So it will be on the same time as Carolina.
0: I'm about to change my pick. Go Duke. I I, I kind of would love that for Duke. Honestly. honestly,
2: I think it'd be cool. And I think there's certainly the letdown factor for Notre Dame coming off of a highly emotional game where you end up losing in the last second. Look, Sam Hartman's a great quarterback. I think he's going to go out there and put up great numbers. But you mentioned Duke's defense. Like, I think that's what wins out in the end
0: here. Yeah, I... Uh, Well, we'll see if Notre Dame can get eleven players on the field for their defense. Uh, Apparently, they've been doing that all season because
2: more like videos cropping up against like uh, what NC State a couple weeks ago, having ten men on the field. Like this is an issue.
3: Florida's been doing it too on uh, on special teams. They've had it multiple times. It's like an epidemic. Uh,
2: That's just an extra point. We don't need all the guys out there. No big deal, right?
0: Have you all seen the um, the old school? I believe it's Buddy Ryan late game, um, 13 men on the field defense?
3: I know, but I believe it. Didn't South Carolina have that this year, either a 12 or
0: 13? I think they had a 13 goal yeah. line. So but, they, they ran that? Well, no, that not, that was not on purpose. <laughs> was, this,
2: was, it, uh, was it Friday Night Lights where the coach tackled the guy from the sidelines? Yes, it
3: was. <laughs> that was awesome. Um,
0: Riggins? No, th- this is an actual so, – He had, this is in like the trick plays. Yeah. Um, Tyler's telling me I can't tell the story, so we'll just tell it on the other side.
2: (laughs) That's fine. We'll tell that story and get into buy or sell at the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Rolls on on your football Friday. here on the game. Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on a football Friday. Tyler West and Chris along with you get into buy or sell in just a moment. But during the commercial break, I looked up Buddy Ryan's 13-man defense, which apparently is called the Polish goal line.
0: Pretty cool, right? It's innovative. I'll give them that. <laughs> well, not anymore because it's from like 30 years ago. Well, yeah. At but time, at the time, very innovative. So basically, if you were Notre Dame, they they had two plays at the goal line, right? Correct. So if the other team had time for two plays, then, and it's already close down there, you put 13 men on the field for the first play. That guarantees, you hope, 13 versus 11. You would think. That guarantees that you're going to get a stop on the first one. Now, it's going to be half the distance to the goal, but they don't put time back on the clock. So then you have to put your 11 on the field for the next play, but you basically, in theory, are saying we're going to only have to stop them once instead of stop them twice. That was the uh, Buddy Ryan 13-man defense. The logic is there. I get it. It's there. I got to think there should be some rule negating your ability to do that says like you can't purposely put 13 men on the field like if you're well,
2: how do you purposely do that <laughs> isn't, well, it if always, there's a,
0: it, isn't it always accidental
2: Well, I mean, no, in
0: how this, do you, in how you this, prove it no you can't but I'm saying if it's like an obvious if there's 11 guys on the field and you start you just send in two guys and nobody's even pretending they're trying to leave like
2: well okay so you, you sub out two and you send in
0: what you five? F- I don't know. You sub out two. You sent in four. Four. That's four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So simple mistake. Yeah, back yeah. Back. If you, <laughs> made, if, I'm saying, if you made it a simple mistake, and you can absolutely. have like two
2: guys that run halfway out there, and then run back. Like, oh no, we're supposed to stay in the
0: game. And yeah. Make it look confusing. You got. That's what I'm saying. You got to sell it a little exactly. bit. I feel like there's you a little add. bit of there's a little bit of like if you just didn't sell it, sure. like you can, you can't run because at what point do you? Hey, we're gonna do the twenty man. Like at some <laughs> point, there's. Like, I, 13... Stop it, the madness. 13
2: is a number that is not as hard to notice.
0: Yes, it, and, and enough, though, that you should get the sure, start.
2: yeah, that's the final. Like, yeah, 15, it's like, okay, there's <laughs> definitely cheating. way too many They're guys cheating. out here. Like, what, what is going on here? Okay, anyway, that's your history lesson for the day. The Bud Ryan, 13-man, Polish defense.
0: Had you heard of that before?
2: I had not heard of that before, yes. so thank you for informing me about it. I will see if I can work that in on NCAA football when I play Wait, the next time. Yes,
0: that's a cheat code. You got to... You got to use to get that.
2: Anyways, it's time for our favorite segment of the week. It's time for buy or sell. Oh, we still don't have the music. Chris, sing us a
3: song. You guys, <laughs> gotta,
0: you guys gotta tell me what music you want.
3: Wes did a he did a point like play it. And it was like what what are we playing? We don't have anything right. All right,
0: now. we we need that. We'll get on that. But all right, we're making these up as we go. Okay. Awesome. So it's the best way. All right, I got a good one. Okay, buy or sell. Xavier Leggett will have more receiving yards than the rushing yards for Tennessee's top rusher in the game. Okay. So, good one. I you know, it would probably be Leggett has more receiving yards than Jalen Wright does rushing yards, mm-hmm. but we're going to we're going to take it one step further and say Their top rusher, whoever that may be, so Leggett out receives Tennessee's top rusher, and they they for you know for context, like they got some dudes. They do very high yards per carry. Yeah, Um, Jalen Rios rushed for three hundred and no, yeah, three hundred twelve yards on forty two carries this year. Leggett has 556 yards yep. receiving on 27 carries, three touchdowns.
2: So their best rushing performance this season was Dylan Sampson last week against UTSA, 139 yards on the ground. That's
0: on about 10, ten uh, carries, or did they uh, – was see, it like an explosive – sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. doesn't no, really okay. matter. That's yeah.
2: Tennessee San Antonio. It me, was by the way. Uh, 11 carries, long of 44.
0: Okay, yeah. So, um, Who, who's, feeling, who's feeling good
2: about this? I feel – feel pretty good about it. I'll buy it. I think. I think you gotta buy it,
3: right? That, that's one where you, I think you're overthinking it.
2: really, yeah. And the, uh, their secondaries give Xavier. That, give Xavier that Leggett,
3: What's that number again? His number is way higher than their other rushers.
2: Now I know they
3: have three. Sure. Right. But you also need to consider that. Yeah, they they're, may they're they may spread the wealth split. a little bit they're,
2: more. And, and look, the running. Uh, the r- ground game is the best thing they have on their offense. Like that is what they're going to try and do the most of, more likely than not. So I definitely think they split these carries to where. Uh, yeah. Could, could somebody get sixty or seventy yards? Sure, but I think Leggett can easily eclipse that. Okay. You you think you kind of look like you're.
3: No 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 no. no. It. I mean,
0: it, it's not. Well, here's the thing. It's not like I, I'm sure Leggett will probably have a big day, but I just feel like running yardage seems to be a little bit more like consistent whereas now laguette has been yeah. able to do it every game so yeah. far so maybe you are talking me into it
3: well what was c- jo- what was george's high rusher in the game it, it was it was day one edwards but what did, what did he have uh you have 80 something i feel like could be wrong i don't know hold on i thought he got over 100 he might he might have
0: i feel like y'all have talked me into buying this <laughs> um, we are trying to all right, whatever. You, I can't go against Leggett. I'll yeah, buy it too. Edward, We're just going straight up Edward's Homer. Type, yeah. We all we all are gonna pick South Carolina. We're hey, this is the yeah, Homer show. Yeah, he had 118. Yeah, well, one eighteen. Yeah, one you're right, Tyler.
3: 118, 20 carries,
0: one eighteen, five point nine. Um okay. How about how about this one? Ten- Tennessee will I, I don't know, I'm stuck on the rushing thing. South Carolina <laughs> will hold Tennessee below their rushing average for this year. Which, Which is two twenty nine. Two twenty nine yards per game. Okay, we're we're gonna change this <laughs> on the fly. South Carolina will hold Tennessee under hundred and fifty yards rushing. And if they do that, they
2: probably if win they the game. If they do that, I think they definitely win the game. Um
0: I'll buy it. Under one hundred fifty. Under one
2: hundred fifty. I sell it. I don't
0: yeah. I think that's tough?
3: Oh yeah, I think it's tough. Yeah, I think I think they go over that.
0: And I'll say this, that number
2: is inflated cuz the only good team they have played is Florida. Yes.
0: Where they ran for 106. And Fla- Florida did a good job Florida's, of making them earn it. Look, Florida's a good defensive team all yep. around. Yeah. Yeah. Here here's my question. Is what we saw against is what we saw from South Carolina against Mississippi State stopping the run? Is that repeatable? Like is that is that them kind of coming to into their own or is that kind of all right, they stopped it great. <sighs> Last week, but they come I'm, back to earth this week.
2: I'm going to believe that's the start of something good going forward. Start of something great. Yes,
0: I think they come back to earth a
3: little bit. Uh, what did what did? Uh, but it's close, Mississippi. <laughs> no, I mean, what did Mississippi State's back have? 27 yards. 27
2: yards. I mean, yeah, it got to the point where they just abandoned it completely. And yeah, just, they were like, we're not they doing were this. throwing yeah. the ball pretty well. And, so. They were,
3: you know, but they weren't getting anything. They 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 yeah. got stuffed half the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to do to Tennessee. Yeah. I don't think you should expect them to do to Tennessee what they did to Mississippi State. But can they I mean, if they play the run technique wise, right, as well as they did against Mississippi State, they'll hold Tennessee to 100 and something yards rushing. How like, many more by ourselves do you have? Um, I'm kind of making them up as I go, Tyler. So You, you want to do them on the other side? Is that what you're we, saying?
2: We can finish them on the other side. We'll also okay. hear from Coach Beamer as far as injuries for tomorrow's game goes. As the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on Football Friday rolls on here on the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. we were talking the other day at practice when the last time uh, we played up there at night was. I knew it was, I was up there in 2009. That was the Halloween game and I didn't know about 2011. So it'll be a great environment. Prep's been good. Uh, First of all, uh, you're right, last Saturday was a, uh, a great win over a good Mississippi State team.
2: Welcome back in Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. On Football Friday here on the game, that of course was the voice of Coach Beamer. Last night talking to Todd Ellis on Carolina Calls about the prep. For Tennessee coming up tomorrow night, we continue on with our buy or sell segment. How many more have we got? We got two down already. Going to two, going to four. What, what are we yeah, doing here I West? mean,
0: you never know what's gonna pop you're, up. You are just calling it on the fly. Yeah, we got. I think we got five total, but the okay. final one is just who wins, obviously. Okay, that's so, fair. Um, all right, this one is courtesy of caller Chris Clark. He um he says that Joey Milton does not throw interceptions, and he doesn't. That has been confirmed. Yes, it's true.
3: I'll give you the stats, too, to back it up in case you don't believe me. Joe Milton has thrown one pick this year. That was against Florida. Eight touchdowns, one pick. In 2022, 10 touchdowns, no picks. Now, he was a backup to Hendon Hooker. 2021, he he was...
2: Started the Orange Bowl.
3: He started the Orange Bowl. Yep, that's fair. 2021, he only attempted 62 passes, two touchdowns, no picks. So, he's thrown one pick since 2020. Now, he's only been a full-time starter for... You know, several games, right? But nonetheless, pretty interesting stat.
0: So, buy or sell? South Carolina will get an interception versus Joe Milton tomorrow evening.
2: I'll sell. Oh, Tyler continues. I um, mean, you can't intercept if he overthrows it. That's Ooh, shots. What, what, have yeah, been shots fired.
3: fired. Wes was like, "How? How was that possible?" And I, I did say, you know, he either hits somebody or tends to kind of hit nothing sometimes. Um, I'm going to buy. I'm going to bank on USC getting a single interception off Joe Milton. And another interesting little fact here, Wes, our guy, Gamecock Russ, another shout-out to him. Gamecocks have not picked off a Tennessee quarterback since 2016. Josh Dobbs.
2: Wow. Yeah,
3: that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Um, So I, I am buying, but I also have had a gut feeling all week that it, it seems to go this way in Knoxville. Turnovers seem to, like, become big factors when these two teams play, specifically in Knoxville. And a, a lot of times, though, it's been South Carolina who has had a big turnover or two that it feels like have just uh, affected things, affected the outcome. Even a, a few years ago, end of the Spurrier era, after Spurrier had already sort of retired or left or whatever you call it, South Carolina has a chance to beat... Tennessee, they're driving to score and tie the game at the end. They have a completion to Drell Adams. Ball gets hit. They fumble. Um, I think I remember a key fumble all the way back. Lou Holtz days, um, maybe when Demetrius Summers was running for like a million yards on Tennessee as a true freshman. So I feel like turnovers are a factor here. I am, I am buying, though, that. South Carolina will pick off Joe Milton. But I think they're gonna have to. I think they need to force a couple of turnovers if they're gonna get off the field this weekend. Um let's go ahead and let's go ahead and move forward. South Carolina will win the game. We'll I guess give our scores at the very, very end. But um buying or selling and why?
2: I'll buy. I think their ability that they showed last week against Mississippi State to stop the run, like I said a a minute ago, will continue. And I think you force Milton to throw the ball. Um, Now there certainly is a concern with South Carolina and their ability to guard a little bit deeper down the field. And what we saw last week against Mississippi State, now Milton not great throwing it down the field. So force him to do the things that he's not good at. You get T.J. Sanders, Tonka, those kind of guys putting pressure on him. Forcing him to throw on the run, which he's not been able to throw a touchdown on the run, as we talked about the other day. Just kind of forcing them to throw and make Milton uncomfortable and do things that he's not good at doing.
3: I'm going to buy. Am I doing this right? Buy if the Gamecocks win, right? Yes, that's what you did. Okay, thought so. Yeah, I'm buying a Gamecocks win. Um, y'all are gonna make fun of me, but I, I do think it'll be close. I picked a close game last week.
2: I did too. I, um, I picked a close one.
3: I think I picked a, I want to say a four-point game. actually picking a four-point game this time. Got Carolina winning a close one. I think they do just enough. Key stop, maybe a key pick, and Spencer Rattler, number seven, Xavier Leggett, a little bit more ground game success building on last week. That's what I've got.
0: I picked them to win, too. uh, A lot of people on our staff picks went very high with the scores. I went a little bit lower. Chris went a little bit lower as well. I said thirty one, twenty seven. There are forty two to thirty fives on here. Thirty eight. What do you got?
2: Well, we're supposed to give it
0: away at the end of the show, Wes. Yeah. Oh, well true. I just screwed that yeah, up, I guess. It. But we'll we'll save Tyler's for later. But uh, South Carolina has traditionally not scored a ton of points in Knoxville either. It is another part of this. So if they're gonna win, I think I don't think you want a shootout. I don't I don't really think it's gonna be a shootout. I think Tennessee's defense is actually pretty good. And, you know, again, broken record alert can can you keep that pass rush, which has been pretty good, out of Spencer Rattler's face is is clearly gonna be a massive key in this game. We got one more.
2: That's it. That's it. All right, let's hear from Coach Beamer and the injury update from last night on Carolina calls.
1: They're doing okay. A B practiced every day this week. He'll be available on Saturday night. Uh, O'Donnell practiced every day. Spalding practiced every day. All three of those guys will be available. Are they a hundred percent no, but they're 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 fine. In order to play Saturday, uh, I would say Ja'Kai is questionable right now. But if he's not able to go, that means Trevon Ball will be in there at right guard. That'll be our second true freshman offensive lineman that we would be starting. But uh, Troy played most of the game last week against Mississippi State after Ja'Kai banged up, got banged up and uh, yeah, has done a great job. And he'll do a great job Saturday night if he's in there.
2: Of course, you know, Juice obviously going to be out this weekend healing from that foot injury um from the other week uh against Georgia. it has got kind of more things interesting, especially when we talk about the rotation on the offensive line where you ideally would maybe like to put him out at right tackle, have trevon Ball playing at right guard. Uh last week we saw Wanamaker play at right tackle and then um Moore and Ball kind of split the split the snaps there. So it if Moore can't go, then you're talking about ball at right at right guard and then uh Wanamaker most likely at right tackle as well.
0: Yeah, Wanamaker played um yeah, you know, I think most if not all the game at right tackle last week. So he, uh, you know, maybe has been coming on a little bit there. I think certainly with Ja'Kai being banged up and and Ball coming on as it is anyway, you would probably think that would be the route you're going to go there if you're South Carolina. And, you know, I, I think depending on, once again, we talked about this last week, how, how healthy is A.B.? Because, you know, him practicing every week, it, it certainly feels a little bit stronger it was this time last week if you're South Carolina you certainly hope that's not something that is lingering but I think against this Tennessee defense you're gonna need some make you miss that was the key to the game last year is winning one-on-one battles for South Carolina's wide receivers I think AB is a guy who can do that for you and he's one he's the guy I circle like if you're South Carolina you it can't just be Leggett so Getting 10 back in there and having him make some plays, I I think could go a long way for you. So, I I think this is actually a key thing to monitor, a key storyline. Is A.B. back, and uh, we know he won't be 100%, but is he close enough to 100% to make an impact and get open?
3: I know we've said this before, but it makes what Spencer Rattler has done and the competitiveness of this team on offense, it makes it even more impressive when you consider – that for mo- much of the season, they've been playing with one starting wide receiver, basically. Uh, I mean, that's it. You've got Omega Blake stepped in and do- done some things. Eddie Lewis has stepped in at times. I think they need him to continue coming along and others. Um, you know, Luke Doty has stepped up and done some good things. But they need as many guys back as they can. And A.B., I mean, I know, Wes, you made this point after watching him against uh, North Carolina. He looked the best I think he's looked in terms of his explosiveness, make you miss. He's a really, really tough, and I think always has been, really tough one-on-one cover. And I think South Carolina with Dowell Loggins, it seemed like they were on a path to unlocking um, how to use him, how to get him in space. And so it would be huge if they could get him back to where he's not just on the field playing 20 snaps and he's just kind of out there. If he can actually make an impact, also punt return. It could, could he be out there and make a big play? Eddie Lewis had a nice one last week. They need A.B. They need as many game-breaking types as they possibly can
2: get. Absolutely. We'll come back, give our final thoughts and score predictions for what's going to happen tomorrow night up in Nealon Stadium. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on a football Friday here on the game.
1: It's first and 15, all the way back at the Gamecock, 40-yard line. Four-man rush, Rattler in the pocket again. Down the middle of the field. Caught at the 25! Josh Van at the 10-5. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Josh Van, on the second absolutely brilliantly threaded throw from Spencer Rattler on the night. This one's good for 60 yards. Are you kidding me?
2: Welcome back in. Gabe Cox Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Todd Ellis on the call Uh, last year for the Gamecocks victory over Tennessee back in November. That was the 60 yard touchdown from Rattler to Josh fan that gave them the 14 to seven lead halfway through the first quarter. I I was talking about this with Colin earlier, like at what point did reality set in for y'all like, hey, they're they can actually win this game. Like, I know, obviously, you come out in the first half and you're kind of going back and forth with them, but I go back to when Tennessee got that touchdown at the start of the second half to make it 31-35. That was almost kind of like, all right, this has been fun, but now this offense for Tennessee is going to take off. They're going to win the game, you know, 56-42 to or something like that. But obviously, that didn't happen. Only allowed one more touchdown after that, and South Carolina cruised to a blowout victory.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. when they When they cut it back close in the second half, you were kind of like... All right, th- this was like a boxer who is just given his best shot and then you know they kind of took the shot but kept fighting, kept battling and then you're like, all right, if it if it gets back to equal, you kind of have missed your spot, like you missed your chance. And so um if you look at let's see. I'm actually, I just pulled the game back up. Tennessee scores, cuts it to 35-31. And then South Carolina answers, nine-play drive, 65 yards, takes almost five minutes off the clock. They go back up 42-31. When they answered with that after that touchdown, I was kind of like, you know, this this may be happening. Yeah. Like, South Carolina has put themselves in a position to go win this game. When um, Now, South Carolina scored again to go up 49 49- Thirty one um somewhat early in the fourth quarter. That was the Jaheem Bell two yard touchdown pass where Rattler like rolled all the way to the right, rolled all the way back around, and then flips the ball to an open bell. At that point, that's when I think everybody around me was like, this is happening. Like South Carolina is winning this game. And then the beauty of it was they just said, We're gonna tack on like there there is a little message there in the tack on at the end, I think. Oh, for sure, for sure.
3: Yeah, it was. um, I'm with y'all. So, to open the second half, you know, everybody felt great at the half. Um, To open the second half, Tennessee punted. Like, oh, here we go. But then you punt, and then Tennessee scores a touchdown. That was their only punt
2: of the game, right? And
3: that's their 35 to to 31. South South Carolina. Yeah, Yeah. South Carolina. mm -hmm. But then the Gamecocks answered that with another drive where you're just moving the ball consistently down the field. They did convert a third down uh in the Tennessee red zone that eventually led to a Juice Wells touchdown run. And I think that was the point. Then you're, you know, forty two to thirty one. You force another punt later in the third quarter. And I think, you know, at that point it started becoming real. And then by the time Jalen Brooks scored that last touchdown that Wes mentioned, that was just ecstasy time in, in Williams Rice Stadium. That was um that made that solidified the realness of it. There's no way that this is not happening now, and I think there, I was with some people that it took that sure. to to fully realize like that th- this is not
2: fake. Best atmosphere you have ever seen in Willie B.
0: I'm I'm not going to be a prisoner of the moment, and I'm going to say no. It was it was great, but it was not the best atmosphere I've ever seen. Okay. Um, Georgia, Georgia, 2012. Yeah, that was that, the best atmosphere in Willie B. history. Um, now some people that were there will also tell you. 2001 south carolina florida lou holtz era um did not go well but for about half a quarter and pregame craziest atmosphere i've ever seen maybe um but i I had almost forgotten tennessee actually two for one south carolina in the middle eight Mm -hmm. you hear coaches talk about they score with 12 seconds to go in the first half yep This is after South Carolina scored with just under three minutes to go, and you're thinking, you know, they could go to the half up 35-17. That was a real momentum shift to give up the touchdown before the half, then give up the first touchdown in the second half. And so, yeah, I I remember that moment in the stadium where everybody's kind of like, "Oh boy." Yeah. (laughs) But they they kept. I mean, to give South Carolina credit, man, they just kept on rolling.
2: Rematch coming up tomorrow night, 7:30, which you can listen to right here on the game. Last thing, score predictions. What are we thinking?
0: What you got, Chris?
3: So I, I said earlier, four point game, picking another close one. I've got South Carolina twenty eight, Tennessee twenty four.
0: There you go. I um, you said yours a minute ago. What was it? 31-27. Okay. I think it's gonna come down to turnovers. Honestly, like yeah, I, I think not not just from a typical oh a turnover, who wins a turnover. I mean, literally, I think there will be a late turnover. From somebody that will be the difference in this football game.
2: Okay. I'm thinking along the same lines as you. Three point game, 27-24. Maybe, uh, 27 24. Maybe. 27 Game winning field goal. Oh. Mitch Jeter, game winning field goal. Game winning field goal. In the dark 000, mode. 100,000 people going <laughs> silent the last second. Yeah.
3: Oh, you're thinking last second. Yeah. Why See, not? I didn't know. You remember like Mitch Jeter, game winning field goal against Clemson. Like it comes like in the course of the game, ends up being the game winning. I'm,
2: I'm an of guy, guys. Oh. I love it. Wow. Silence 100,000 people all at once. And just all let dressed the, in let black. Let the mustard fly from the stands.
0: Kendall Smith is very worried about that, by the way. I'm like, they don't literally just throw mustard <laughs> bottles every game.
2: <laughs> oh, Kendall. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. On a Football Friday halftime show with myself and Elijah coming up right here on the game. Who do
3: we have? Okay.